Though much is taken, much abides. And though we are not now that strength which in old days moved heaven and earth, that which we are, we are. One equal temper of heroic hearts made weak by time and fate, but strong in will, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Alfred Tennyson Welcome back, everybody, to The Conservation Project, the podcast for the average Joe that still believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that we are still one nation under God. My name is Logan, and today is going to be kind of a wonky episode, and what I mean by that is I'm going completely off base here. Um, Normally, when I sit down to uh, work on these episodes, I I spend a considerable amount of time with a particular notebook that I, I write down all of my thoughts, I write down the quotes, I write down the verses, and whatever it is that I may be using for uh, an episode, I typically have it relatively at least a framework. Uh, sometimes I have it all planned out. I don't script it, but I have at least a, uh, a guideline to go by. That's just how I like to do things. Um, this episode is not going to be that. This is actually going to be a very off-the-cuff thing, and there's there's actually some reasons um, for doing so, and, and some of which I, I'm, not, I'm not even going to bother getting into. Uh, it's not really important, uh, but there's a couple of things on my mind, and I'm going to share some stuff that I've just kind of got on my on my mind and on my heart, um, because I feel like that is that is really at its core what this podcast is is about. It's about con- uh, conservative Christians uh, speaking out, uh, standing up, and and speaking out. Uh, now, with that being said, I would be remiss to not talk about some of the things that are in the news, or at least uh, a couple of details that that are absolutely worth uh, discussing, and just really a lot of just updates. Uh, there is stuff moving in the Russia-Ukraine conflict, and you know, it's March 1st, today was the State of the Union address, uh, which I'll get into, uh, I will get into momentarily. Uh, now, before we do get into all this, I do have to mention, you know, just a couple of personal things. We have been working extremely hard on getting the website up to where it is, and it's just an independent few. Um, and, you know, there's there's people who have bought into what the conservation project is really all about. Uh, and I'm eternally grateful for those for those few. Uh, but it is worth mentioning that, like I said, this a lot of hard work has gone into this website into this whole process and there's new articles up there's a new article that just came up a couple days ago uh, that is absolutely worth reading I, I feel like that was uh, it was a very important thing to write at the time and I, I stand by what I said uh, and you know we've got things like patreon that you can go support and get very unique stuff that you wouldn't be able to get anywhere else and things like the merch store and all sorts of different things but there's some great stuff and if you're looking to advertise there's advertising opportunities 
on there as well. But like I said, I'm very proud of the work that we put in, and and all of the the work on the website has just been phenomenal, and I'm I'm I, I love it. I love it. I, I'm I want to push it every chance that I get, not for a personal gain, but I'm I'm just I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the people that have been a part of all of this. So with that being said, I'm just gonna go ahead and start with a couple of different uh, a couple of different updates. There are some great. Uh, I've mentioned this before. There are some great accounts to follow as far as places like Instagram and and, and things of that sort. Um, but there is a couple that I'm going to be reading off of, and they're the same ones that I, I've read off of this these last couple days, these last couple updates. So let's just go ahead and jump into some of these Ukraine updates because uh, things have been moving in the background very heavily, and I've spent the majority of the day with in the background while working. Uh, flight radar, uh, all of these different OSINT things that I mentioned last episode, uh, those have been kind of on the forefront because there's, like I said, stuff moving in the background. So, as of 10 hours ago, it was uh, posted that the International Court of Justice in The Hague is to hold a hearing on on the Russian invasion of Ukraine on Monday, this next Monday. Uh, So, an assassination force loyal to uh, Chechnya's uh, Katerov uh, which was focused on Ukraine's president, has been neutralized, according to Aletsky Danilov, the secretary of Ukraine's National Security and Defense Council. That is a big deal. If you're not familiar with what's going on with Chechnya's uh, task force that they've been pushing out, they essentially, in the in the midst of this Chechen fighter group, they did have an assassination gr- uh, an assassination force uh, whose task was to take out Zelensky, uh, pres- Ukraine's president Zelensky. Uh, moving forward, Apple has officially suspended all product sales in Russia. Now, it is worth mentioning there is more than just Apple. Uh, the list includes Apple, Nike, Walt Disney, GM, Warner Media, FedEx, UPS, uh, Delta, Harley Davidson, Ford, and Boeing. That is the compiled list thus far of companies that have suspended product sales to and from Russia. Now, even more, uh, even more stuff happened today. So there's actually a video that you can find, and it's on Real News No BS, and and it's really actually it's it's kind of everywhere right now. Uh, but there is video that came out of more than 140 diplomats diplomats at the UN Human Rights Council today meeting today, walking out and refusing to listen to the Russian Foreign Minister Lavrov's speech. Uh, and this speech from Lavrov was about 12 minutes long, and the whole thing was just pointing out reasons why what Russia is doing is justified and why they believe in it and why they stand in it. Uh, he even set, slammed a handful of countries for banning the Russian aircraft from flying over their airspace, calling it, quote, a refusal to accept one of the most fundamental human rights, a right to freedom of movement. Uh, and like I said, about 140 of these diplomats stood up and walked out and you can watch the video of them walking out while he's speaking. It's, uh, it's a pretty crazy thing to watch. Okay. So the European arm of, of Spurbank, uh, Russia's largest lender has been closed by the European central bank after customers are rushing to withdraw money, big movements. Uh, the United States is apparently, a, uh, and actually that I believe did come out in the State of the Union, it did come out this evening, but they did announce a ban on all Russian aircraft from its airspace. And Exxon also announces that it will shut down oil produ- production in uh, Russia because of the Ukrainian 
Russia uh, debacle. Uh, a local government body in Moscow's uh, Gagarinsky district has called Russian President Vladimir Putin to withdraw troops from Ukraine, calling it a disaster, which is leading to, quote, the impoverishment of the country. This is a big deal. This is coming from local government bodies within Russia, in Moscow. This is a huge, huge development. This is a huge movement. This is something that you need to know. Uh, we've been seeing all of these arrests, and I think the last I saw is well over 3,000 approaching, I believe, 5,000 arrests for protests of the Russian infiltration in Russia. It's, it's pretty big, especially now that Russia's internal government is calling it out. It is just, it is absolutely worth noting. Um, and let's see, I believe I've got some more. So uh, a senior U.S. Uh, defense official uh, spoke to NPR today and said that the logistics problems are stalling this 40-plus mile long Russian convoy uh, that's heading towards Kiev. Now, we've been talking about this for several days, and it started out as about a three-mile long convoy. Now it's over 40 miles long. Um, according to the defense official, the U.S. has information, uh, information that the Russian convoy, which is at, as of, uh, as of about four hours ago, was only 18 miles from Kiev, is confirmed to be experiencing fuel and food shortages. This would explain why they're slowing down significantly. Uh, now, Russia has continued to deny that their military is facing logistics issues in, in Ukraine, and they're calling it Western propaganda. This is this is no shock to anybody whatsoever. Now, this this next bit is going to be a little bit longer, and this is coming from another group called Northern Provisions, and they're probably one of the most reliable pages that you can follow, in my opinion, because they are using the same resources and more, along with people on the ground, like we've been talking about, open source intelligence, stuff that cannot be altered because of the way that it is. If, if you're familiar with what I'm talking about, you know what I mean. So, the Ukrainian government is claiming to have inflicted approximately 5,710 casualties on Russian troops. Although the government claims that these casualties are deaths, uh, this was not immediately verified. At least 200 soldiers have also been taken prisoner, and no details regarding Ukrainian casualties are available. The UN reports at least 406 Ukrainian civilian casualties, including 102 people killed, although this is likely an underestimate. Now, Russian forces are currently believed to be in control of one of the, uh, of the following areas. Much of the Kherson uh, Oblast south of Dnieper River, as well as uh, east to the city of Melitopol and the town of Bernadansk. Some areas to the immediate west of the rebel-held areas in Donetsk and Luhansk, uh, Luhansk including uh, Sashtia. Some areas in the northeast Ukraine, including areas near Kharkiv City and Sumy. Some areas north of Kiev City, and that includes, obviously, Chernobyl Exclusion Zone and possibly uh, Hostomel. And there is what seems to be confirmation that they have full control of Hostomel and the airport, uh, the airport there. Now, updated media sources are reporting that ongoing fighting is going between the Ukrainian and Russian forces in the city of Kherson, as well as in the areas surrounding the city of uh, Chernihiv. Some reports indicate that Belarusian troops have 
joined Russian forces in conducting a siege, a siege of Kernahiv, and there are additional reports of approximately 300 Belarusian tanks uh, massing near the Ukraine-Belarus border in the Brest region of Belarus, though there are no immediate reports of a Belarusian incursion into the northwestern Ukraine. Russian military forces have reportedly conducted strikes on the Ukrainian military bases in uh, Chuguev, Kharkiv, uh, uh, Zidomir, and Belaterskova. Now, artillery fire, bombing, and missile strikes have been going on, um, up 20 from yesterday's total. So we're around the 400 mark, and last I saw, that is probably gone up. Uh, just a lot going on. There's, there's a lot moving here. Uh, and I believe there are some more that I can discuss. There's uh, there's just a lot of stuff. If you have not seen uh, the bombings that is going on in Kharkiv uh, that went on last night, it, it is one of the most, uh, in the traditional sense, awesome displays of firepower I think I have really ever seen. Uh, it is... It is frightening how much is going on. Uh, I mean, it's terrifying. Uh, the stuff that you can see, you can see Russian forces in Kherson now. Uh, there's actually live camps that you can find, and it is, uh, it, it is, it is, it is an incredible thing to watch. You, you can literally see the Freedom Square in Kherson and dozens of Russian, uh, Russian tanks. Now, another update that is worth talking about, this is an unconfirmed source, but they did report that a Russian Su-34 aircraft was shot down near the city, um, and Russian bombardment reportedly struck a gas pipeline, causing a large explosion, um, and uh, apparently a hospital was reportedly struck in that area as well. That is unconfirmed, but it is, uh, it is information worth uh, being aware of in case anything comes out in confirmation of it. Now, a Russian missile has struck a government building on this Fabati Square, and that killed 11 people and injured at least 40. And I saw that I saw that strike, and it was it was something to behold. Now, multiple people reported trapped under the rubble following the artillery strikes, uh, and after these strikes, 87 buildings were destroyed. Uh, I, I will. I I feel like it's necessary to throw this in there. A lot of mainstream media is severely downplaying just what kind of damage Russia is actually doing, uh, and I think that's I think that's for two reasons. One, there's a lot of support for Ukraine. They want to keep that support there. Okay, I'm not going to argue that. There's not. It's not worth getting into. But they are. Yes, they the Ukrainians are holding back the Russians on a lot of accounts. The bottom line is there is an overwhelming force that is could should they get food and supplies can absolutely overwhelm. And if you are paying attention to what's going on outside of Kiev and you will see that there's a lot of places being absolutely hammered right now and I, I don't I don't mean to be defeatist I don't mean to be fear-mongering here but I'm also not going to lie to you there's a lot of areas that are um, that are seeing horrible times right now and if you look in the places like Melitopol um, 
Mariupol, these are places that have been getting absolutely ransacked and Russian flags are going up. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but this is, this is what's happening. Um, it, it, there is a large force of Russian foot soldiers at minimum that have not been exposed yet. And the estimate is that there's 80% of available forces that were on the borders previously on the borders that are now in Ukraine. There is, there is a lot more at play and this is going to be a long drawn out, a long drawn out thing. More than likely, this is going to be a very long drawn out thing. Now, with all of that being said, we have to shift into the other big topic, and this is going to be a bit of a 180, and that is, of course, the State of the Union Address. Um, I'm going to give a couple of bullet points on just breakdowns of things that, uh, things that happened. Um, there, is, <laughs> there is absolutely going to be um, memes coming from this, and, and this has become nothing but a show. Uh, but I think the majority of American people knew that it was nothing but a show. But unfortunately, that is that is pretty much where the State of the Union and these types of speeches stand now. It's it's theater. Um, and even on the right side of the aisle, you know, I I, I love Lauren Boebert, but her whole she wore a uh, shawl today that said. Uh, uh, drill baby drill and you know talking about drilling here for oil I, I get it um but you know places like cnn are running with <laughs> you know with it not being polite and that um i think at one point uh lauren bobert even interjected as Bi- uh, biden was talking about his son dying from um from brain cancer and you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot to cover here, but as far as things like the key points of things that actually matter, um, it was very boilerplate. Um, you know, he, has, he said he's inviting the Ukrainian ambassador to the U.S. Um, he said things are returning to normal. It wasn't as full blown on the COVID nineteen scale that I was expecting. I was expecting him to go full, I did it, I beat it kind of thing. But, I mean, he did to a degree. At one point he did say, thanks to the progress we've made in the past year, COVID-19 no longer needs to control our lives. It wasn't as big of a um, uh, a tail-wagging event as I expected it would be, but he did take a lot of credit for things that he has not done. And, frankly, he... Yeah, I'm not even going to bother on that. It's ridiculous. Um, one of the biggest things that he said is that the goal, the answer is to not defund the police. It's to fund the police. And then he said, fund them, fund them, fund them over and over and over again. And the whole chamber erupted in applause, which was really weird because that was the most bipartisan moment of this entire thing. Um, and he has been sprinkling in the lines of thanks to my Republican friends and all this kind of stuff. He's attempting to cycle some sort of bipartisanship into his speeches, um, except when he actually gets into places where he has to act it, he doesn't do it. Um, that's no shocker here. 
Uh, of course, Chuck Schumer. God bless him. I jeez. Uh, he, if he could have been sitting in his lap while Biden made this speech, he absolutely would have. Um, and the left's defense of it's freaking hilarious. I mean, it is genuinely, genuinely hilarious. Um, but you know, nobody's surprised here. Uh, at one point he did in talking about the Ukrainian people say, <laughs> oh God, um, he, did, he did say that, uh, well, he didn't say Ukrainian. That that's that's the bottom line. Um he actually what he did say was Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian <laughs> Iranian people. Uh he meant to say Ukrainian. He did not. He said Iranian. Very uncomfortable thing to listen to. I I physically clinched when I when I heard that. Now, obviously, he's he's pushing the whole unity against Russia and, and battling against inflation. He did announce that uh, he's worked with other places for 60 million barrels of reserve to be released. 30 million are coming from from the U.S. This is um, this is rhetoric for people who don't pay attention, who don't listen and who do not do the research. That is at best three to five days of oil in the u.s uh that is congratulations things are four dollars plus enjoy your 350 for three days and watch it go to 420 this is this is this is the bottom line now he is uh he's made his announcements about russia he's made his announcements about uh the russian aircraft the ban from the from american airspace and he gave his whole standard pitch uh, against the exact same things that you would expect him to give the pitch on. Um, it, it was it was very annoying to see. Uh, and and let me let me kind of go a little bit deeper into it. There's a Twitter thread of somebody who was live tweeting it, and uh, if you want to follow him, uh, it's an ex state senator. His name's Senator Phil Williams. Uh, it's S E N. Uh, at SEN Sin Phil Williams on Twitter, but he did live tweet uh, the whole thing, and it was pretty darn funny for what it's worth. I mean, it was actually very funny. Um, but he he made he actually because he did this, he actually broke it down in a way that I was uh, I was actually looking for that you're not going to find on mainstream media, uh, and that's the bullet points. Uh, and he made some really good points. Uh, lots of empty seats, despite the scientific unmasking of attendees. That that was one of the things that he said. Um, now, it is worth noting that the ambassador from Ukraine is was actually next to the first lady uh, during the speech. Socially distanced from the first lady, but next to her. Um, you know, <laughs> that was that was actually a classy, really awesome moment to see. Uh, because I've been watching her press conferences, and God bless her, she's barely making it through a lot of them because it's just it's an emotional time. She's she is not there, and she is thousands of miles away watching her uh, country be ransacked. I, I couldn't even imagine that. Um, and so moving forward, he <laughs> Joe Biden made a, in my opinion, this was a blunder, but this is the blunder that he's been making his entire presidency. He blamed and dissed the Trump tax cuts. Um, while also 
patting himself on the back for his m- huge spending plan, um, which got booed heavily. And then when he started talking about a spending plan, all the Democrats stood up and just started. It was just a, a fight of who can yell the loudest. Um, real bipartisan, guys. It's just a, a wank fest. But anyways, um, so they also mentioned that uh, – the Innovation Act is also part of uh, what is going to incentivize Intel to build a huge semiconductor development site in Ohio. Um, but apparently the Intel CEO has said uh, has said that he will not do, uh, allow this $100 million expansion uh, unless the Innovation Act is passed. And that means that they are banking on government funding to fund the private se- private sector. It's, it's nonsense. It's a joke. Um, you know, he goes into talking about cutting drug prices, uh, which is hilarious because, well, Trump already did that, and then by executive order, one of the first things that Biden did by executive order was to actually reverse that. And if you go on Twitter and you see these arguments, all of the people on the left that are arguing Trump didn't do that, I mean, this is on, like, .gov websites. You can see it. You can see the actual literature. Uh, This was just part of Biden's initial brigade into steamrolling his way through destruction of, of all... Trump policies via executive order. It was a very authoritarian move, but it also proved to me while watching this how few people actually pay attention to these kinds of things. Uh, he did say that he's gonna. Uh, he wants uh, the price of insulin to be no uh, no more than thirty five dollars per month. Uh, he's cracking down on on uh, overcharging consumers and raising the minimum wage. Um, unions. Uh, paying for community college. Yeah, he's talking about more, uh, more of this stuff in regards to like pills now for treating COVID and all of that. And then the logical next step was to go straight into gun control, where he talks about the, the dreaded, uh, ghost gun argument, which is just the most nonsensical thing because it's just something they can't control. That's, they don't understand that they don't. They just want to shut down. Um, and he said that he is attempting to, he wants to fix the border, uh, the border crisis and the immigration system. Sure. Whatever. I don't believe you, but okay. Uh, and of course, holding social media accountable for experiments. They run against the children, which is friggin' wild to me. Uh, naturally he translates, uh, transitions that into talking about the health of our veterans. Um, (laughs) man, it is, I just, this is so much, this is just so much weirdness. Uh, the end was the weirdest part. Uh, he said, God bless you all. May God bless our troops. Go get him. And I still haven't made sense of this. I'm, I'm extremely confused as to what in the Sam Hill this means. I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't get it. 
for the first, I've never, for one, I've never heard the president not say, God bless you all. God bless the United States, the boilerplate stuff, but you know, it's important. Um, what I don't get is why he emphasized God bless our troops. Go get him. Nobody. What is he talking about? Nobody, nobody knows what he is, is talking about. And that is, that is some weird stuff. That is some seriously, seriously weird stuff. Um, but I mean, that is, that is pretty much the majority. That's pretty much the majority of stuff. You know, you can get into details like the stuff that happened with uh, outcries and outbursts during the, uh, during the speech, you know, like with Bobert and all that. I'll leave you to figure that out. Uh, it's not real important overall. Uh, but I, I will say from a, this whole, you know, this podcast is about the average Joe. It's about the everyday person. Um, and this did not make me any more hopeful for the future or more optimistic for our country um, whatsoever. And I hate saying that because I, I do not respect the man from a policy standpoint and, and from basically the majority of the stuff that he stands on. I don't, I don't understand. I, I understand and I don't respect it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I respect the position, not the man. And that's 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 the important thing. Um, I do feel like this was a disgrace to to the position, uh, to the Americans that he is. He just spent 62 minutes blatantly lying to uh, things that he has, you know, all these Democrats and he was part of it that ushered in the age of defunding the police. Well, that didn't work out for you, now did it? Uh, and now, in the middle of this, he turned his back on those same people that he said he had the back of, and now he's saying we have to fund the police. I, I can't imagine this is going to go over well with a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that are on his side. And, and this is the thing that really gets to me from a personal standpoint, is that he runs on this whole unity campaign, and there's nothing unifying about what he's doing and what he's saying even to his own party. And this whole thing with him running as a, being a moderate is a facade. And when you see stuff like this, you absolutely see and understand that it is a facade because there's nothing else it can be. This isn't flip-flopping. This is blatant backstabbing because he's not getting his way. And he's realizing that the stuff that he ran on is no longer hot in the polls because people are going from one extreme to another. And he's seeing that if he doesn't bring things back to an actual moderate standpoint, he's going to lose his votership like he's already been. You've been seeing the polling. Poll came out today that 78% of Americans are not positive about the direction that the country is going in. That's a big deal. And that I think that this was a bookend on that and, and really proved a lot of that because this is not what people bought on to. This is not what people bought on to whatsoever. Uh, and I think he is full force backpedaling. And I think that what you're seeing with mask mandates and vaccine mandates and, and all sorts of things, uh, I think it's proving that. And, you know, this is this is the beauty of the State of the Union. You can take what you want out of it. So this is, you know, like I said, this is just my opinions. Um, and there, I, I am not personally, there's a couple of things that I, I actually did agree with. 
and and that is absolutely worth noting. I, I am I'm all about giving credit where credit is due, and I think it's I absolutely think it's important. Um, now, it is again worth noting that, that there were things that so for instance funding the police. Yeah, right there, right there with you. Fixing the immigration issues and the border, absolutely, right there with you. He was relatively about 95% coherent. He made The blunders that he did make were big. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, Iranian, Ukrainian, that's a blunder. That's a huge blunder. Um, he did not even touch on the inflation aspect and how deep that goes. But anyways... Um, but everything was shrouded in something else. And f- perfect example is funding the police shrouded in gu- gun control. Yeah. Um, you know, there, again, there were some things I, I definitely agreed with, but the vast majority of this was, um, was despicable. And I, it, I got to the end of it and I just felt down about it. And I, I really, I had to kind of take a step back and I, I'm going to, this is, this is where I'm going to relate it to the average Joe. This was very easy to look at and be very angry about, be very upset about, kind of lose hope in. And I, I get that. And I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to downplay the, the realities of that. Uh, but I realized that I had to step back into some sort of, uh, into a biblical sense. And I, I, I had to remind myself of where my hope comes from, and I would have to remind you all of that as well. So let me leave you with this verse, because this, as I was pondering all of this, this is what came up in my head. This is what came to my my heart and my soul and my spirit here, because it's very easy to become bitter and wonder what the heck is going on. And ask the question of why. So let me leave you with this to to ponder. It's Malachi 3.10. So test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. See that I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. Test me now in this and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. There's where your hope comes from. That's it right there. Ponder that. But for now, that's all I got, y'all. It's been a weird day, and I have to imagine the next couple days and next couple weeks are going to continue to be, well, really freaking weird. But hey, go check out theconservationproject.org. Go check out our merch, our Patreon, all that good stuff, the articles. But my name is Logan. This has been The Conservation Project, the podcast for the average Joe that still believes in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that we are still one nation under God. 